At the T-minus three-minute mark, tape recorders on board the spacecraft were turned on. These recorders record both voice and data. This is WOMMLP operating at Billington, Vermont, 105.9 The Radiator. Good evening. It is The Rocket Shop. I'm your host, Tom Proctor, and with me tonight is Cricket Blue. Hello, guys. Hi, Tom. Thanks for having us. Hello. Thank you for coming in. Uh, good to have you back, actually. It's been... It's been a very, a very long time. Very long time. Very interested to hear what you've been getting up to in this interim period. Uh, we do like starting with the song, though, so what have you got for us? Absolutely. Uh, we do have some stuff that we've written in the interim period, but we're going to play an old song to start out with. This is called No Carpenter. Out in your backyard About a month before this flood We stumbled on things tossed away Sunk and defunct in the mud You took a little box Burned or caked with crime Didn't know what to put in To make it peel, reveal its undershine Or know what to put in it What it could safely hold My best friend for you I am trying To get everything said and told To say though your flare from the shore Fills the ocean with shadows I'm too fixed on the moon To climb away clear of the tide Far nearer than that sky Your eyes are plainly led Where even lines and parallel Converge somewhere up ahead Am I walking too quick? Weighed by no carpenter's load I can't build a home Starting out with No Carpenter from their debut album. 
Um, so yeah, that's been a minute. So the debut album came out in 2019, and I'm going to butcher the name of the album here. Sarah, Sarah, t- I'm dyslexic Tom, as hell. So it's I'm, fine. It's okay. not a real word. <laughs> There's too many N's and A's in it, and my, my tongue trips over itself. We say serotonalia. Serotonalia. Sometimes Taylor says serotonalia. I do, and then Laura makes fun of me because it sounds pretentious. That's what makes it pretentious. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So that, so No Carpenter was from that 2019 uh, album of yours, which got phenomenal reception Mm. from what I saw when it came out. Um, but yeah, 2019, there's obviously, you know, a couple of things have happened in the interim that I'm sure probably put one or two on a few yeah. things, <laughs> but tell us a little bit between, you know, last coming on, I think in 2018 and, and now. Sure. Well, I mean, for us, as for every musician in the world, uh, 2020 sort of caused, uh, a big stoppage in a lot of what we normally do. I'll, I'll talk while you... Well, you changed that string. Laura's had a little You've bit of You've got about 10 minutes before we, uh, I ask you to do another song. So Fantastic. Sure, sure and I, I have strings in my case if you need some. Uh, string string. Uh, well, but in any <laughs> case, yes. So COVID happened, right? Um, and we, uh, yeah, we stopped playing shows because uh, there were no shows to be played. I guess we did do some of that uh, live stream thing mm. that the world tried to replace uh, right. concerts with for a little bit. Um, didn't really have the same effect, you know. I didn't really it, grab it. It did same not way. quite. I, yeah, I think both for audiences and for performers, mm. uh, that did not really fill the hole in in all of our <laughs> collective <laughs> experiences. Um, but uh, you know, it was a time that uh, Laura, especially, I I was a little bit lazier, but Laura took that time to write uh, an enormous amount of new material. Um, I've sort of in the last year or so been trying to catch up to her output uh, in order to have a somewhat uh, balanced representation on the album that we're going to record next. It's funny because uh, it feels like having done a few interviews, you know, as we start getting back into spaces together, artists kind of went one of two ways. They're like, okay, this is a fantastic break for me. I can just kind of step away and do my own thing for a while. Or they're like, all right, I'm going to lock myself in a room and write day and night until we're all allowed outside again. So yeah. it's interesting that you two went in the in two the two opposite directions. We did. Uh, as a as a group. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean uh I mean I'm grateful that one of us was productive during that time, I guess. <laughs> um how did it feel for you? I mean, as I said, the the debut album came out and you know, NPR covering it, I think Pace magazine covered it. Uh great reception locally and nationally. So yeah, what was the feeling coming, going, you know, kind of going into 2020 COVID hit? Was it like, okay, all, all our dreams were up in smoke. This is useless. Yeah. I mean, there, there was a little bit of a sense of, of uh, interrupted momentum or something like that. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was very gratifying um, that so many people said, you know, so many kind things about the album. And, 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 you know, it was uh, the people who write about music professionally said nice things about it, but, but also just the, you know, people that we met at shows, um, uh, would come up to us and tell us how much it had meant to them or, uh, you know, that songs had really resonated with them. So we were very excited about the batch of songs. We were very excited to keep playing it out and touring it. Uh, and then we had to, we had to stop. Um, so yeah, so there was a little bit of that feeling. Uh, I guess I'm, I'm grateful that we got the album recorded and out into the world before, uh, before the world stopped because at least, you know, it was out there doing its own thing, walking on its own as it were, even while, you know, I was 
you know, watching Netflix or whatever. <laughs> and Laura was writing all the and Laura was the next album. Yes. Um, there is a... So the way, at least I interpreted it, as the, the album's kind of concept album, so it's a collection of short stories, yeah. is it all kind of in the same universe or all these characters are all in different places? Yeah, that's that's a good question. I think it's all in the same... I think it's all just in our universe. Um, the, I think the, the sense in which it's like a concept album is... Uh, it's not a concept album in the sense that it tells like a linear connected story or something. I think the stories on the album all have... Uh, they all at least touch on this similar theme um, uh, which gives the album its name. So when we, when we were kicking around names for the album, we came acro- across this uh, fact... Uh, there's this bio, bio, botanical thing called serotony, uh, where some plants, uh, like they, they only, the seeds only blossom in the wake of like a terrible catastrophe, like a forest fire is mm. the typical one, right? Where there's like some plants that will spread or bury their seeds or whatever, but then it's it's only when everything else like burns and dies that they they grow. And we we're like, oh, that's like deeply metaphorical or something. Um, and I think I think all of the songs deal with, uh, you know characters who hit some sort of uh, catastrophic transformation in their life that's, mm. like, very painful to go through um, and just sort of, like, utterly changes the landscape of who they are, what they, like, think they're, they're doing um, with, their, with their time uh, alive, but then results in some sort of growth or, or transformation um, that, that really could only come about through... Uh, the deconstruction of what was there before. Was this album is, prophetic in a way? The fact it came out in 2019 and... Oh man, are you saying we jinxed it? I'm just, maybe you're to blame for the pandemic is um, what I'm implying there. But um, <laughs> so as I understand it, that each character is is really detailed. It's, it's really like um, you, you craft it together as a short story before you write the song. Is that is that correct? Yeah, I think we have slightly different processes, and and Laura's back in her seat now, so I think I'll let her talk about her her crafting process because it's I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, sorry, I I broke a string and so I had to leave. But um, yeah, so my process is a lot of free writing, just kind of stream of consciousness, and sometimes little characters will pop up in my free writes, and I'll write a lot about them, like way more than will ever end up in a song. Um, but then eventually, after I've written about them enough times, you know, I'll, I'll set them down, I'll come back to them, I'll write about them more. Um, then eventually some kind of like meter will start to show up in some internal rhyme. Mm-hmm. And then I know that like it's time to add the rennet so that the song can coagulate like cheese. Add the what? The rennet. Mm. Is that a cheese term? It's a cheese term. Cool. So you see, see your songs as solid to the writing's liqui- liquidity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and do these characters interact with each other or are they standalone characters? I would say... I mean, I I think of them as mostly isolated and not knowing each other. I do think one thing that was kind of fun that ended up happening with the album is alternating narrative distance between these songs. So we would have a song like... June, where the lead character June is recovering from a breakup but pretending she's totally fine. And then we follow it with the song Psalm, which is also about a breakup. And the character is just like very deep in it. Um, And just like levels of like, you know, what you as the listener can hear um, 
based yeah. on what, what the character themselves can understand about themselves. That idea of distance of like how, how far into the character's head does the song live? Like some mm-hmm. of them are, well, in, in fact, that, that last one we just played um, is very like first person. It's just like the feelings raw exactly as they are. Yeah, and then as Laura was saying, some of them have like a little bit of remove or something, usually when the characters aren't being honest with themselves about what's going on. Yeah. Is there any character that you're particularly a fan of and then is there any song of a character that you actually don't like very much? Mm. So the song you quite like, but the character itself you're, you're, you're oh. kind of against. Well, I think, I think the lady in Milkman is pretty unlikable. Yeah, she's, she's not a good person. Yeah. I mean, she, she thinks she is, and she is that trying to be. That just makes it worse. That's, yeah. Um, Her intentions maybe are good. I spoiler don't know. alert for a folk song, but at the uh, at the end of so Milkman is about a woman who who falls in love with her milk delivery person. Classic uh, story. A classic tale as old as time, <laughs> and uh, she she d- denies this factor herself though. She just she's just like oh I'm just so friendly. It's like no one else you know pays attention to him or offers to you know have him come in for a second and sit down. And I'm just doing this because I'm so nice and other goes from my heart. And then at the end she traps him in her house and mm. won't let him leave. Um, so I don't, I, don't, I don't like her. It's a real psychotic turn at the end there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but you like the song quite a lot, though, I'm assuming. I think the song is, is a good song. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. Is there any character, though, that is your, is your favorite? Or someone that you feel like you'd get along with? Yeah. I feel like I'm, uh, I'm always rooting for the characters in... There's a song called Corn King, um, where it's, it kind of has two central characters. It's also like a super weird saga. It's maybe not clear what the characters are doing or who they are because <laughs> it's written with quite a bit of distance um but uh it's it's like about a, a couple who are, are going through a bunch of different sort of phases of their time together and i always i like them both and i feel a lot of empathy for them and then it like ends tragically but i'm always i'm always rooting mm-hmm. for it to like go well or something Do you it's get like, it sad as you're well. singing t- singing the end of the song yeah that's it's a funny thing it's like sometimes if i'm super in it i get I, I, like, get sad or feel it. Um, although, you know, the thing happens, too, where if you've wrote, written a song so long ago, it sort of starts to feel like a cover. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, those songs we recorded, the album came out in 2019, but all the songs are even older than that, mm-hmm. obviously. So I, I'm starting to feel, like, pretty, like, not, not like, emotionally bound up in the subject matter of the songs mm-hmm. just because like a very different person lived through the stuff that inspired them you know because you guys started in 2013 right yeah we've yeah. been playing together forever yeah so that's a decade have you got any, any way you're celebrating your, your 10 year anniversary as oh a, man yeah actually thanks for bringing that up that's a good idea we're not really good at like birthdays or like i don't know what we other should do something things we yeah maybe we'll throw a little party Maybe we'll release a new album. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that part in a minute. Um, next, I'd love to hear a song, though. So what have sure. you got for us? Sure, yeah. This is actually, we thought it, this would be a nice, fun, safe space to play a brand new song that we just finished arranging, mm-hmm. what, last week? I actually yeah. have to get into tuning, so if you cool. want to talk a little yeah, bit about sure. it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we haven't played this song for anyone yet. Um, yeah, so this is a new one. Uh, this is one of Laura's songs, one of the many songs that she managed to put together uh, over the course of the last couple of years. Um, the song is about uh, killing ants that come into your house um, and feeling morally conflicted about it. 
I meant for that to be like the start off point and kind of like the metaphor that you then progress from. And then it just turned out that the entire song is about ants. Also, this is, again, prophetic. Uh, myself and my partner, Annie, uh, is having that exact problem mm-hmm. oh as gosh. we speak. And these ants are huge. Yeah. Like, you could ride them. <laughs> uh, which makes it kind of even more morally conflicting in a way to kill them because, you know, you can almost see their features. Uh, you well, better not listen to this song. This song might, <laughs> might hit a little close to home. Okay, well... <laughs> Uh, maybe I'll play it tomorrow morning as I'm making making my coffee and killing yeah. the first of the ants of the day. Oh my gosh. Uh, it's called Landfills, Gardens, Nurseries. Every spring I kill the ants inside my house. I do it casually. There are too many ants for me It isn't peaceful, get them out I mix it up with sugar, they'll take anything It happens slowly So they can bring it to their nest A Judas kiss, they give it to each other Landfills, gardens, nurseries. That was pretty much just a how-to guide to commit genocide. <laughs> um, 
going through it, I was because we you know we're going to plan to you know eventually try and kill all the ants that are coming into our kitchen. But so far, we've just been killing one or two, you know. And now I'm now genuinely morally conflicted about whether or not I try and kill the rest of them, like in a you know. Well, then our work attack. here is done. <laughs> <laughs> all we want is for you to feel morally conflicted. Uh, is this, did, did this song come about because you had the same issue in your kitchen? Yeah, so, I mean, every spring in my Burlington apartment, where I now do not live, but when I lived in Burlington, I had an ant infestation that came around every March, and the same thing would happen every year where, um, you know, they would all hatch or whatever, they would appear from wherever they were, and um, I would try it, you know, really hard to not kill them and then they would just get like more and more and more and more and then eventually I would kill them and um so I feel like that's maybe the worst possible scenario but so that was happening and um it was one of those things where like there was a song loose in the room it was like haunting my printer my printer was like making all these noises I was like okay there's a song in here that I've got to capture and so that's what came out and then the the second verse is just basically ripped off from several YouTube videos about um, ants. Yeah, I'm curious about you saying a song haunting your room uh, and affecting your printer. Is this is this how songs usually come about? Are you it's a respecter of them in the corner of rooms, and you're like, I need to exercise this demon. And I then... mean, not every time, and it, it's you know, it's not a bad thing for for a song to be around. One time, I had like a like a cork pop out of a bottle and I thought I was going to get a song out of that but it turned out that I just got like a weird nursery rhyme tongue twister it was a tongue twister happens to the best of us Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) uh so it sounds like you at least for this album or for some of your new songs you're not following the same methodology as you did for the first album so this time around is it how how have you gone about writing and obviously you did a lot during covid laura so yeah t- tell us about how how this album's come together and how you've kind of came upon these songs yeah, well i mean yeah i guess one way in which the process has changed is I, I feel like over the whole time that we've been a band we've slowly been moving closer to truly co-writing things like at, at first we really slowly. Re- yeah, very, very slowly over the course of this decade now that we've been <laughs> working together. We would just write songs separately and bring them to the person and be like, I hope you like this because this is the song. Um, and then, you know, we moved into a phase where we would give each other little notes or suggest things. But um, And, and then we were doing some of that for the Seratinalia era stuff. But, yeah, for the recent things that we've been sending back and forth, I feel like there's just a lot more there's still sort of a person who owns the song and who mm-hmm. sort of first came up with the vision, but a lot of like revising together, mm-hmm. calling you and being like, I was thinking about this line and like, what if we did this other thing instead? Mm-hmm. And then you being like, eh. <laughs> you know, productive. Has it been difficult to, uh, to let go of an ownership of a song? Was, is that why it's taken a long time? Because you know, are you a bit possessive of the songs you've written in the past? Well, one thing that we have changed is we submit a song to each other before we feel like it's really congealed, I guess you could say. Like, we 
we give each other a first draft of a thing, and so we try to give it to each other before we feel very precious about it. I think that's the trick. It's mm. like, don't let yourself become attached before the other person's eyes get to see it. Yeah. Is there ever been a song where you're like, it's too late, I've written it, and I already love it, it's fantastic, don't you dare touch a single hair on its head? I mean, I feel like sometimes something that happens is I'll have written a song a while back mm -hmm. and then Taylor will come to revisions and he'll make suggestions and I'll be like, thank you for your suggestions. And then <laughs> I'll keep the song like it is. I also think a thing that happens sometimes is you'll get attached to my songs before oh, I do. Oh, so true. So like I'll have written a song and we'll have been working on it for a while and then I'll be like, I think we should change this thing or like I like this better. And Laura's like, no, it's already I mean, it's already itself. On Serotonalia, Taylor was changing the words to songs we had been playing for years. Yeah, because I thought of better words. <laughs> <laughs> Is uh, are your writing processes different? Because you, uh, it sounds like you're calling each other up and being like, I've oh, sent something over. So it sounds like you, you write something in kind of isolation of each other before you bring it towards each other. So, yeah, uh, how, how do you both go about writing a song if you've got a process? My process is pretty similar. The free writing, the characters, the coming up with a guitar part kind of independently. And then once once I feel like a character is kind of developed enough and my guitar part is developed enough, I stick them together and see if they uh, bond. Yeah, mine is way less, I don't know, uh, formed or in stone or something. Lately what I've been doing a lot is... is it's kind of like free writing. I've been just scribbling loads of lyrics. Um, I sort of already think of them as lyrics. They're like in meter or whatever. Um, but without without my guitar, without any music, um, and sort of getting words first and then going back and writing music that sort of feels the way that the words feel to me. But sometimes it goes the other way. Sometimes I'll fiddle around on my guitar and get a melody and have a, a melody or a progression or whatever forever before mm -hmm. I know what words go with it. Um, and then sometimes, in those rare occasions, it all comes at once and you're like, oh yeah, that's that's just so. That just goes just like that. Is that the waking up at the 3am in a cold sweat kind of? <laughs> yeah, so, okay, so there actually is an al uh, uh, a song on that's going to be on the new album, or maybe we'll put it out before, I don't know, where it, it's like it came to me in a dream. Uh, the, the melody did, and then I had to sort of flesh it out a lot. Um, I kind of, I kind of often hear music in my dreams, and usually when I wake up, I either can't remember it or I remember it, but like it's not good. <laughs> it's like in the dream, it was really good and emotional. And I'm like, it went like this, and then in the real, real waking world, it's just not interesting. But this one I thought was pretty cool, and then I, I took it from there. This is the one that you told me like was a Phoebe Bridgers song. Yes. So in your dream? full disclosure, it was Dream <laughs> Phoebe Bridgers singing it. Mm. Um, so I feel like she should get some credit. <laughs> Although when I played it for Laura, you were like, "That doesn't sound like a Phoebe Bridgers song," and I was like, it's "It dream. sounds so much it's like a Phoebe Bridgers song." <laughs> but you didn't. You didn't hear, which I guess is good in a way or something, because it means I didn't rip off some specific song. But yeah, he yeah. didn't. Uh... It's sad, but I come up with political campaigns sometimes when I sleep and wake up and write them down, and then wake up in the morning and. See, they're terrible. Sometimes mm. they're good. Oh, wow. Often they're terrible. Um, it's important work. <laughs> I saw something today, and you probably get, I know you get the comparison of Simon Garfunkel all the time that you probably want to scream when anyone mentions their names. Uh, it's an honor. <laughs> that's good. I uh, found out today that uh, Simon, his method for, for writing was to sit in a bathroom with the lights off and the taps on. 
which is where the song Sound of Silence came mm. from. Because the Sound of Silence for him was the, the taps running well in a dark bathroom. I yeah. love that. I actually just did, I was in a group of women songwriters, mostly whom I haven't met, um, and we were just submitting songs every day. For the first 10 days of January, we submitted a song. And I did find that, like, I don't know, something about having electric lights not be on is, like, a totally different experience for songwriting. Mm. And uh, But I've never sat in a bathroom with the faucet on. That is a really interesting idea. I'm not sure how you'd actually write it without either getting your phone out and then that would ruin it because all the electric lights or if you're writing <laughs> gotta it go, in the dark on, analog, on yeah. paper, I mean. Just by feel, right? Yeah. It'd, it'd look like a mess <laughs> if I did that. So but anyway, um, I digress. Um, I very much want to hear more about the album coming together, but I, I'm looking at the time and we need to listen to another song. So we'll get to that yeah. after this next one. Well, we can sort of two birds, one scone here because we're going to play a song from the new album. So in a way, you're learning more about the new album right now. I forgot you're not on guitar. Laura's, Laura plays this one all by herself. I just add a little well, bit of... just because Taylor a hasn't little written a guitar part yet. <laughs> Garfunkel on top. So it's, it's, it's going to be on the album? Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. You know, adding your guitar part after the album's created. No, we haven't, we haven't recorded it yet. I guess we're just unclear whether I'm going to add a guitar part at all. Because maybe you can tell us afterwards if you feel like it needs it. Well, I feel like I don't have the qualifications for this, but I'll, uh, I'll give you my uninformed opinion. Great. All right, this is a song called Hair. That's H-A-R-E. Oh, thank you. Good idea. <laughs> Here. 
the garden come your brothers without you manic and anxious for something to eat hold up their worry against all your stillness isn't there some way to be in between and every time I look you're still Obsession or resolute cheer Isn't there some way to honor you here? Isn't there still some there with hair from their upcoming new album so uh first of all don't talk to me about the song a little bit we're talking obviously the hair with their ears and sounds like hanging out near one of your places yeah yeah the hair with ears i wrote this song um a friend of mine named rosalie died um and she had a long full life um but i was thinking about the physicality of death and what happens with your body. And in that time of grief, there was um, this rabbit that got hit by a car and basically ended up right at the top of my driveway. And every time I went running, I just like saw, I just saw the hair every day and every day the hair was a little bit less there. Yeah. Um, and so it, it was just making me think of Rosalie. Mm-hmm. So this one is going to be on the new album. Um, it sounds like you've been very prolific in the last few years writing. And uh, it sounds like Taylor, you have caught up at this point or close to. I think we're about even in terms of material that, that's going to go on the album. Uh, <laughs> but who's, who's keeping track, of course. But who's keeping track. Yeah. Um, so was it difficult to like whittle down the songs you've written to, to like, you know, I'm guessing to 10 to 12 12 different tracks and how did you go well, about doing yeah. <laughs> we're you still whittling yeah we, it might be a little longer than that unless oh, really? we can I whittle think, it down further I think we're working on 16 yeah maybe. fairly long for an album yeah probably so but in the digital age I mean what is right. an album what's it's, an album so <laughs> yeah <laughs> what is the concept of an album is a, is a, is a good point yeah. um, you could just put out every track that you've you've come up with in the last few years on, on that basis it's true, and and we might just throw out a a few sing by throw out. I mean, put on Spotify and yeah. Apple Music a few singles. That yeah, things that aren't going to make the cut, but that we still want to put out. We might do that first. Just for that sort of thematically, don't make the cut. Yeah. So there is a theme to this one. I mean, it's can a you lot guess about, the theme yeah. from the two two songs we've played so far? <laughs> Uh, I, I would, I like I would hazard question. a guess and say it might be about death. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Oh, he's First good. Morbid, beautiful at the same time. Yeah, well, why death, I guess? Yeah, well, we've both been thinking a lot about it. Um, and I think everyone's thought a lot more about it. Yeah. 
I think I think what sort of was interesting to me about the, the sort of early conversations we had about going in this direction um, was not was not just that like yeah death is like a very very important thing to think about as a human being uh, and there's a lot to to say and feel about it um, but but what 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 hooked me on like this is a good idea and this isn't just you know a, a morbid or something for us to do uh, is that. Laura and I kind of have a lot of different ideas about death. Mm. And so I think the album is going to be structured somewhat like a conversation. Uh, or there's like a there's like a meta conversation going on between this like the songs are just about what they're about. Mm. But the thing that is also happening is like Laura's feelings and views and my feelings and views in conversation with each other over top of the object level stuff in the songs. And I thought that was fun. Um, was that why it was important to kind of a balance in the album of how many tracks each person got? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a big piece of it. Do you draw a conclusion? Is there a, is there a, is there a kind of a final song well, where that's, you, you that's meet? that's 16th a... track. We, yeah. That's the one that's that the we, one haven't we haven't finished. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll let you know if we solve it. It's like the, and uh, we can let everyone know, you know, here here's the definitive take. It's like the periodic uh, table, knowing that there's an element out there, but not discovering it. You know? Yeah, that's yeah. really right. There has to be something at the end. I, I mean, I. But at I think the same it, time, that all we want you is to feel morally conflicted. Yeah. That's the, the takeaway from the album is uh, to send everyone into an existential crisis. Yeah. With like hope in different places, maybe. Like I think Taylor yeah. and I find hope in different places. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I'm definitely not trying to like write songs that just bum people out or something right <laughs> mm. um i don't know i think i think addressing uh stuff that is hard and difficult and thorny but also just like affects every person uh you know can can make people feel like less alone or connected to each other right um it's almost what religion has been uh, among around. among many things <laughs> i do think you're that is a role that it plays yeah so um yeah, so I don't know. I hope that we're not. I don't, I don't think we're just making like a sad mm. album. Like I think I think it's gonna be kind of thorny, um, but hopefully, yeah, a lot of hope and like Some real songs in major tracks, keys and stuff. Right? Yeah, like really sweet things. I yeah. told Taylor we were playing this song yesterday. I was like, "This is so sweet. They're gonna start playing it at graduations." <laughs> that is what you said. It's not true. It's too weird. Um, both the songs you played so far, Landfill Garden Nurseries and Hair, obviously they're about death, but they're somewhat removed uh, in a way. Um, it's kind of more about, um, I guess, the way that you're viewing it in that moment, but it's also about two animals on like a surface level. Yeah. Is that the case throughout the album, or are you ever kind of very, very direct and very succinct about, okay, this is very specifically about my, my interpretation of death? Or are you always kind of, is there always a layer before that which kind of couches it and, and it's like, oh, or it's just about killing ants in your kitchen, you know? Um, I wrote a song that's pretty direct. Mm. There's like one on there that's just... I mean, yeah. and then there are there are parts of many songs that I would say are, are quite direct and, yeah. and maybe more personal than some of the stuff that we've done yeah. before. But there's still a lot of character writing. I think we just happen to play two songs about animals, mm. Um, mm -hmm. but I don't think there are any other songs about animals. I, I think that's right. Um, and there are also songs that are like way, way less close to the, the subject matter of death. There's mm. sort of like a, an interesting angle on it, but uh, it, it you know, sort of only 
tangentially does mm. does death itself come up in the song. Um, yeah, and then there's some that are a lot more specific uh, and sort of un, unadorned or something. Yeah. It sounds like you both have a fairly healthy view on death and have thought about these bigger thornier issues and can can write without kind of going into some kind of a morose place. But did, did once you started realizing what this theme would be, did it was writing? Were you writing knowing that death was going to be something you'd be writing in mind? And, and did that affect your behavior in your rest of life, the rest of your life at all? Mm. Oh, interesting. I guess most of the time I feel like I can't choose the songs that I'm writing. Yeah. And I don't know if you feel that way, Taylor. Yeah, I think that's, that is how I feel. I, th I think what it actually just did is it made us curate the track list for the album in a different way. Like, there are, there are songs that we've both written that we were just like, well, this doesn't kind of fit. This isn't touching on the thing, so it's not going to make the cut, even if we like the songs. And we might put them out, as we said. Um, but yeah, I don't think, I don't think I really have the ability to be like, I have, I have to write a song. Well, although we've sort of set this 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 problem for ourselves because we're like, right. there does have to be a last song mm -hmm. on the album. That sort of periodic table mi missing element, as you were mentioning. Maybe that's why it's taking so long, is because we. We're doing it wrong. We like decided it should exist before it existed, and that's just a fool's errand. I don't know. What are you guys getting into the studio? Um, that's a good question. A good we question. have a loose goal to have everything recorded by July. Yeah, so <laughs> which is a loose. really lofty goal. But that's that's the rough sort of time frame. Yeah, All right. So too, July's a nice nice month uh, to record in, I'm sure. Absolutely. Um, and you have also got a few gigs coming up as well. So it's you have been gigging throughout this time, like post twenty twenty, obviously twenty twenty one onwards. You've been gigging around, and then you got three coming up in the very near future, right? That's right. We're um we're at Shelburne Vineyard mm -hmm. on, on Tuesday, Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. Nice. We won't play all the sad songs. We promise. Uh, if you want to come, well, like, okay, Laura's looking at me like I can't make that promise. <laughs> we'll make it. Play we'll make it a good Valentine's songs. Day show. Um. Uh, and then we're playing, where else we do? The 23rd at Cabot. Oh, yeah, right? at the Cabot Folk Club. Yeah. That's oh, cause, yeah, good. it said un unknown venue unknown on your website. Venue. I was like, it's very mysterious for Cabot. <laughs> yes, Songkick doesn't know what that is, I guess, or whatever we use to yeah, put the shows to up. Populate the website. Uh, yeah, it's it. there is an actual building where it takes place. There is. Yeah. Um. And you can find out more on the Cabot yeah. Arts website or if you click into our website, too. Um, and then we're also playing in Glens Falls, New York on um, March 9th? 9th. I was thinking 9th, too. That's promising, then. Yeah. Um, we would love it if you came to the Glens Falls show because we don't know anyone out in Glens Falls, really. <laughs> uh, so if you're listening to this and I you... there one time, like, nine years ago. Yes, it's been a long time since we've been out there. They've forgotten all about us. So if, you, if you're listening and you want to go out to Glens Falls or you know people who live out that way, March 9th, Cricket Blue, songs about death. Have any of those uh, the summer gigs started popping up in your email inbox yet in terms of, you know, everyone must be planning already for like the spring, summer months where you can actually play outdoors. Mm -hmm. Have you got any of those dates kind of fixed or holding off on them until... Um, I think yeah, everything, finalized. nothing is confirmed. Yeah. There's nothing we can talk about at the moment. Yeah, right. I think that's right. Well, I do look forward to seeing you at some point. Probably not Glens Falls, if I'm honest with you. Um, that's so reasonable. Bit of a trek for a Thursday. 
Um, well, we've got about time for one more song, so what have we got to close out with? I'm going to do an oldie for us. This is this is a sort of the first song on Seratinalia. There's a little intro, and then there's this song. Um, this is called Alicia from the Store, and um, it's about working at a grocery store uh, as a summer job and meeting and the people you meet there. It's about that weird, like, thing where you're in college and you work a summer job and you like spend all day in like intense circumstances sometimes with a really specific set of people your coworkers, and you sort of just know like and then i'll never see you again because we we're on different life trajectories we've just been brought together by capitalism for this like brief moment in time um so yeah the narrator meets a woman named alicia this is a song about her Does the body worry if you keep it inside? Does it feel at home? Does the body worry with the shade up to the cars outside if you keep it in? Alicia tells me men are dark. Get into their cars when her register is closed. Her mouth is brown with lipstick. Her hair is soft and smells like smoke. We put the produce out while it's hard and green. Alicia bags the old fruit up, juice running in her sleeve. I ask her where to go. The way the ripe fruit smells It seems impossible The green fruit's all that sells In the parking lot I find her talking to a little stray Cigarette break by the dumpster Fruit flies landing on her face Fruit flies landing on her My parents pay It seems impossible How much gets thrown away Will I know her this Alicia When the summer's at an end Won't I find a better place And never see this girl again Anyway, this brave Alicia Walks straight past the
right, Cricket Blue playing Alicia from the store to play us out. Guys, thank you so much for coming back in. Thank, thank you, you so much for having us. It's been really fun. Yeah, this was a pleasure. Don't wait five years next time to come back <laughs> in again. Uh, we'd really like to have you back in when you get this record finally done. So probably will be about five years, actually, from the <laughs> sounds of the, uh, the timeline. <laughs> but um, yeah, thanks once again for coming in. Thanks for having us. Um, well, that's all we've got time for. Join us next week when we've got the constables coming in. Uh, but for now, this has been WOMLP operating out of Burlington, 105.9 The Radiator. It's been The Rocket Shop. I've been your host, Tom Proctor, and good night. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks very much. You are such a well...